0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Now, I'm gonna jump into the Word, and I gotta say this, the Word of God is is timeless in times like this, and uh, we've been reading Each day, and if you're not familiar with this, each day we've been reading uh, different passages of the Bible, and we're reading in Hebrews. And uh, Hebrews 12 has something to say to us today. And the writer of Hebrews was referencing a time when the world was shaken. And he's talking about a future time when the world will really be shaken. And we look at here in Hebrews 12, 27, it says, this means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things remain. He's talking about the past. He's talking about what's coming. And he says, the world is going to be shaken and only unshakable things will remain. And um, this is really just a little tremor, and it's reminding us, first of all, that this world is shakable. There are shakable things that are out there, and this world is shakable. Before Galileo, before he said, hey, the earth is not the center, but we're we're circling around the sun, though everybody thought we were the center. We've lived our life thinking we're the center, we're unshakable, and this is showing us in a crisis that we are shakable. We are not you know, indestructible. And every now and then we get a a little shakeup like this and we should be thankful for it. And I know that sounds crazy to say that, but we should be thankful for the shakeup because it reminds us that this world is shakeable. And I know that real tragedy is happening, but on the scale of things that happen in this world, on the scale of things that happen, like with Spanish flu, with 50 million people that died, and and they didn't have the vaccine and, and and they didn't have the internet and they didn't have uh, daily press briefings. And man, this world is, is shakeable. And this right now, this little tremor that we're going through, there's some value that we can have in this moment and understanding what's, what's really shakeable. Have we been living our life for stuff that is shakeable? I know that we're saying, why, why, why has this happened? But think about this. Bill Gates gave us a warning in in, uh, 2015. He did a TED Talk saying this was coming and we all could see it coming and and we didn't prepare for it, many of us. We should thank God that these things don't happen more often. I mean, when you think about the conditions of the world, I'll never forget, we were on a family missions trip and um, we were in China and it was some conditions that were pretty low level. And I remember Logan right before the meal, he was young, maybe eight years old, seven years old. He looks at me, he goes, hey, Dad, when you pray for the meal today, really pray. And I, his point was, I see something here that's outside of normal, and I don't wanna, hey, thanks for the food, I want you to pray. Like, okay, this world is shakeable, and as long as we've made materialism and man our foundation, it's shakeable. We've lived our life as more, 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 more. I've gotta get it, I've gotta have it, and we've lived in a world that is shakeable. And we try to tell people, you know, with financial peace, and this is not a I told you so, this is we care for you. We were trying to tell people have three to six months of finances saved up, live debt free, you know, don't live outside your means. And the whole world is living money, materialism, things that are shakable. And so uh, we're just trying to say we love you, we care, and that's why we did financial peace. And I-, I believe this more shakes are coming. And I'm not trying to be prophetic, I'm just saying this world is shakeable. And it goes through seasons that are calm, and then we forget that this world is shakable, and we can't build our foundation on this world and things that are shakable. Another thing that this time has reminded us is there's shakeable things and then there's unimportant things. I mean, I don't know about you, but when they're deeming things essential services, essentials like it's kind of like offensive, like, well, you're not essential. I mean, you know, sports, Nope, you're not essential. Hey, vacation, not essential. Malls, not essential. Liquor stores, essential? I was like, what? I, I tell you what, when they said liquor stores were essential, I almost said, we're having church. We're gonna gather together. Like that, I was like, come on, seriously. So apparently there's a lot of leeway in what's essential and what's unessential. But I will say this. Thank you to the doctors, the nurses. Thank you to the uh, police, the grocers, the truckers, the garbage collection crew. I mean, thank you. We understand that sometimes people that we didn't think were that essential are essential. Okay? But it's reminded us, like, there's a bunch of things in our life that are unimportant that are shakable and unimportant. And we're, we should be asking ourselves, why did I buy that? Did I really need that? How many of those do we really have? Are you kidding me? I mean, it's interesting. I was going through the grocery store the other night and I, you know, don't shop at night. I mean, the shelves were empty. And and I was like, I'd feel bad if I rep something that nobody bought in a crisis. Like, and I, I noticed that kale and quinoa like, were like Apparently, those are prosperity foods, you know, but anyways, but uh, we're asking ourselves: do I really wanna give that much time to things that are unimportant? Do I really wanna spend that much time? I'm telling you right now, don't waste your life. There are things that are shakable and there are things that are unimportant and we spend way too much time living for what's unimportant and it's time for us to say i'm gonna i'm gonna live for the things that really matter and i pray this i pray that we won't go back after all this it'd be terrible to have this shaking going on and making us understand what's really important then we go back to the things that were unnecessary hebrews tell 12 talks about like lay aside those things that hinder us. I think we should lighten our load right now and say, there's things that are unimportant and we don't need to keep them anymore. Let's lighten our load. So there's shakable, there's unimportant, and then there's important, but still shakable. As I was thinking about this, there's important, but still shakable. And I would say this, have we not figured out right now that people matter? People matter. I mean, in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible tells us that God looks down on man and he's by himself. He said, It's not good that he's alone, and I'll make a helpmate suitable to him. I'll make somebody that'll go along with him. He said, It's not good for us to be alone. And we're learning right now that people matter. Our family matters. We would do anything to protect our family. I mean, I'm talking to my mom through the screen, and we're trying to protect our family. We would just do anything. We, we, it's funny, I, we see that we love our family and we're, they're really important, but they're also, how many know they're getting on your nerves too a little bit? I love the memes of like the homeschool moms and like, you know, and I love the, uh, oh just the things about, well, uh, Pastor Kirk, we, we do like a conference call and he has to go out to his car to do it, like to get some peace and quiet. Maybe that's your home office, but you love your family. And I'm calling all parents, Love your children, care for your children, teach your children, disciple them, value your family, your mom, your dad, your loved ones, value your family. If you have a good family into in the quarantine, it's a good time. If you have a bad family, it could be a bad time, but still love your family. We see that our friends are important. I mean, community, you were made for community. And so when I think about this, I realize that God has placed people in our lives for our benefit. And we should love them. We should care for them. We should be better friends and, and, and spend time with them and love them. Another thing that I would say, people matter, and I wrote this down in my notes. People matter every people. What do I mean by that? Not just the people closest to us, but I'm talking every people. Every person would be a better way to say it. They are, they are valuable. They are important to us. They're not unimportant. Every person. C.S. Lewis said this. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Of all that we can see with our eyes, the only thing that will last forever are human beings. They matter. That's that people matter. And we've been chasing after things and chasing after stuff and not having time for them and living crowded lives. And now we're having to slow down. And let's remember that people matter. Every people matter. If that helps you to remember it, I'm glad I said it that way. Purpose matters. Purpose matters. I don't know about you, but uh, I mean, I'm just getting agitated. I wanna go do something. And not because I, like people are like, oh, I bet you're bored. No, it's not boredom. It's, It's I was made to do more than this. Ephesians 2 talks about this. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared for us to do. I mean, I can't stand doing less than I've been created for. I don't know about you, but I can't stand doing less. I mean, I can't imagine, like, there are teachers that are like, I want to teach in a better way than just an hour a day. There are people that know you're a kingdom builder, and you're like, I was created to leverage my wealth, to make money, to send missionaries. Speaking of missionaries, there are missionaries that are dying to get back to their country. And they're like, this is, you think like, oh, it's good you get to be back in America. And they're like, no, no. I want to do what I was created for. My purpose matters and they can't stand doing less than they were created for. There are employees, there are people that want to work and they're like, I was created to do more than this and I don't like sitting around. Five years ago, Beck and I were on a sabbatical and it was beautiful. We're so grateful that the church gave us that sabbatical. But this is one thing we noticed in the downtime We missed having purpose. We missed having purpose. We'd go to church every week, but it wasn't a church we belonged to, and it wasn't people that we knew their needs, and it wasn't people that cared for us and we cared for them, and we missed purpose. And at the end of it, we just couldn't wait to get back to be with people and to be around them. And I gotta tell you this as a pastor, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait till I'm not preaching to a studio till I'm preaching to you at your home. I I can't wait till you're there and we can talk and and we can do elbows or foot or whatever we have to do. I I can't wait. I don't wanna go back any earlier than we need to, but I can't wait to do that because I wanna do what God's created me to do. And I know you do too. Some of the events in our life have been postponed, some of them have been canceled, but when we get back to purpose, we're gonna run with 200 miles an hour. I pray that right now you're thinking, I'm gonna lead that life group. I'm gonna go on that global team. I'm I'm gonna reach my neighbor, knock on their door, when they'll actually answer and not be afraid of me. I'm gonna share the good news of Jesus with my coworkers. I'm gonna build this, I'm gonna make this, I'm gonna give a return for my life and get back on purpose because purpose matters. But lastly, the thing that I've noticed in this, Things can be shaken, things are unimportant, things are important, but they're still shakable, and there's something that is unshakable. And you know where I'm going with this, unshakable. The people we bring to heaven, that's unshakable. When they get into God's presence, that is unshakable. That is, that's is—that's something that's going to last forever. People that we share our faith with that say yes to Jesus. The rewards that we have in heaven are unshakable. The things we do on this earth that we send ahead, whether it's through giving or sacrificing or going or testifying or laying down our life. The Bible says there's in 1 Corinthians 3 like there's things that are gold, silver, precious, and there's things that are going to burn up. And we're realizing those things don't matter and there's things that matter. And so we do that and and when we get to heaven there'll be a soul winner's crown and a crown of righteousness, a crown of life, a crown of glory, and these things that we're going to get for our rewards on life and the things that we did saying this is for God, for heaven where moth and rust can't destroy We're going to be given those things. And then the Bible tells us in Revelation, we're going to lay it at the feet of Jesus as a gift, unshakable. You can't take that away from us. But more than that, the unshakable thing that you know where I'm going is Jesus. Jesus is unshakable. And in the midst of all this, it doesn't matter how far the stock market falls down. You can't have the stock market go down and lose Jesus. You can have the stock market go down and lose money, but you can't lose Jesus. You can lose your job, you're not losing Jesus. It is, He is unshakable, unshakable. And, and forgive us, Lord, for taking our eyes off of what really matters. And we almost gave Jesus a little nod. And he's like, are you going all in? And I'm thinking about our theme, hold nothing back. Maybe that's what it is for us to hold nothing back and say, Jesus, we, we've been thinking about things that are shakable. We have been thinking about things that are unimportant. We have not given enough time to things that are important and we we definitely have not given enough time to you in saying, I hold nothing back, I live for you, I live for your glory, you're unshakable. Colossians 1, I want to read this. The sun is the image of the invisible God, speaking of Jesus, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that everything he might have supremacy. He's the knowable God. He's the center. He's the glue. He's what matters. And I feel like We should apologize. God, forgive us for making other things more important than you. Forgive us for fitting you in when you're calling us to hold nothing back. Forgive us for not being faithful when you've been so faithful. Forgive us for thinking all these other things would add so much joy to our life when you're the true joy. I mean, if you've got Jesus, you're good. You're good. I mean, the shakable world isn't the end for you, and you're good. And when the world's wondering, what can we do? Where are we going to go? How are we going to make it? We know we have what is unshakable. So there's shakable, there's unimportant, there's important, and there's unshakable. Unshakable, what really matters. And you know it when you've got it. You know it when you've got it. And I believe this, we're supposed to, Live a life that people wonder, why do we have peace? Why do we have joy? Why are you not afraid to die? Why are you living in such a way that you look unshakable? Why? Because I have Jesus and I'm gonna live my life in an unshakable way. That's why. I'm connected to him. And I'm reminded of a story that I read a while back and I saw it again just this week. It was talking about John Wesley And if you don't know, John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist Church. Wesleyan, I mean, like very famous, famous, famous preacher. Him and his brother Charles preached to tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people, and they had revivals all around the world. But I want to let you know, in 1736, I mean, that's going back, he had been a minister already, been a minister. I want you to catch this. And he realized he didn't really have an unshakable faith in Jesus. He had a head knowledge in Jesus, but he hadn't gone all in and said, I'm holding nothing back. I need an unshakable faith in Jesus Christ. This is how it was revealed to him. He was on a ship, remember, this is ships, this is traveling across the ocean in ships. And he was on this ship and there were a bunch of German Moravian believers on the ship. And he said, the storm was getting so bad It looked like the ship was gonna be ripped in half. He said water was pouring in on them and he was fearing for his life. And he looked at these believers and he saw them. They were serving everybody. They were loving everybody. They were taking care. They were not afraid. And he went over to the one guy and he said, are you not afraid? He's like, no, we're not afraid. We know whom we believe in. We know we have an unshakable faith in Jesus. He said, are your women and your children afraid? He said, no, we're not. They're not at all. They know. We're not afraid to die. We have an unshakable faith. He was like, I don't have that. I don't have that. Think about this. He was a minister. He knew the knowledge, but he hadn't really made Jesus Lord and Savior. He didn't come to a personal saving faith. And I know there are people in our church and know there's people watching online. You might be like tuning in like, all right, I get to get some good points with God. It's all here. It's all here. It needs to be here. It needs to be all in. It needs to be Jesus. I trust you. You are my unshakable. I give you my life. I I, I understand that it's not religion. It's not church attendance. You 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 might say, I I feel like I've been a Christian my whole life. Like I was raised a Christian. But do you have that unshakable? And I want to give this opportunity as I close this out. We get ready to go into worship in a little bit. I want to close this out by giving you an opportunity for unshakable faith unshakable to say, Jesus, I I want to go from here to here. And if that's you, I'm asking you to click the thing on the screen or let us know in just a moment. But I want to lead you in a prayer. And the Bible says you'll be forgiven. So I want to pray and ask Jesus to forgive you. And you're saying, that's me. That's me. Pastor Rob, I'm going for a while. I'm not offended by that. I'd rather you be right than thinking you're going to offend me by saying, man, it's kind of been up here, but not here. Let's make it here, let's make it all. Let's say, Jesus, I want what's unshakable, I want you. And if that's you, would you repeat after me? Pray this prayer, dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins and all that I've done wrong. I trust in you, you are unshakable. I believe you died on the cross and rose again from the dead so I could be forgiven. I give my life to you. I hold nothing back. I'm yours and you're my savior and Lord. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I believe that your life has changed. I believe it's real. And you say, well, it was in a crisis. It doesn't matter in a crisis. It's real, it's real, it's real. real." And if you made that prayer, I would love for you to text, now what? to 94,000, and we'd love to just help you grow in your faith. It's real. He is unshakable. We've been spending way too much time on shakable and unimportant, and God says, go after what's important and what's unshakable. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for saying yes to Jesus. I believe that people are realizing everything that can be shaken will be shaken. What's unshakable is Jesus, and we will hold on to him for the rest of our lives.